Good morning, good morning, Renew. Good morning. How is everyone this morning? Yes. Yes, Paul says. Tired, Pastor Dave says. I'd like to go ahead and um, pray, and then we can dig into our passage this morning and our sermon time this morning, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for bringing us to this space this morning, Lord. We thank you for gathering us up from our day-to-day lives, um, whether that is stressful or mundane, uh, whether we have been challenged or complacent, Lord, we're, we're thankful that we're here together this morning. Lord, we pray this morning that your spirit would fill this space. Lord, please leave no room, no room for any of our own selfish desires, God, this morning. But just be part of every inch of this space. Lord, we pray that our minds would be open to your word. We know that you want to give good gifts to each and every one of us. You want to give us wisdom. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that you would help us to receive that from you. Please don't let any of the words I speak this morning, Lord, be from my own ambition or desire, Lord, but of you. Lord, lead me this morning, Lord, and be present with us in all of our conversations as we continue throughout the morning. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Nice to see you all this morning. My name is Allison and I'm one of the leaders here at Renew. And if you guys would do me a favor and go back to just the regular slide. They're skipping ahead on me. They're skipping ahead. Thank you. Oh, actually, I was actually going to thank our AV uh, team this morning, so great reminder. Thank you, gentlemen. I wanted to give a little round of applause. We've got a, a, a youth team holding it down back there today, so thank you, youth of Renew. I don't know what we would do without you. Seriously, I don't know how to run the soundboard, but somehow my teenage sons do. So with, of course, some great coaching from Eric, uh, from Pastor Dave, and some other adults, the youth have really kind of stepped up. So thank you, youth. We, We so appreciate you. So this morning... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to share a word with you this morning. Uh, I have to tell you, I'm, I, Pastor Dave was in Florida. I was a little bit jealous. I was born and raised in Florida, so Pastor Dave going to Florida made me a little bit jealous. I was picturing the sun and the warmth, but welcome back. We're glad to have you back. And when Pastor Dave told me that this sermon series was going to be about reflecting the light of Christ, I will tell you all that I was actually brought back to uh, this one memory that I have that was, seemed to be the only thing I could think of, which was from my old Young Life days. I used to work with Young Life in Fort Worth, Texas some years ago, and for those of you that aren't familiar with Young Life, it's an organization that reaches out to youth and primarily youth that don't already have a church home. So teens that might not have another opportunity to hear the gospel, that's what Young Life is sort of designed to do. And so as a Young Life leader, 
and the rest of our team in our district area, we had some examples, some go-to sort of tangible examples that we would use when we were speaking to the youth. And there was one having to do with light in the darkness that when I heard what the sermon series was going to be on, what came straight to my head. And what we would do is we would turn off a bunch of lights and put a bunch of obstacles in the room. And we would, everybody would laugh as the youth would trip over things and fall and stumble and get into chaos in a dark room. And then we would turn on a bright spotlight flashlight and oh, suddenly everything was easier. Suddenly we could make our way through the obstacle course. And I know that's simplistic and at some point that analogy will break down. But for uh, an entry level sort of digestible picture of what it means to have light driving out dark, it worked for a lot of the youth and they had a lot of aha moments. And so we received a lot of feedback from the youth that they loved that example and it became kind of, we would cycle through every few years and do something along those lines. So when Pastor Dave said, this sermon series is going to be about reflecting the light of Christ, that's what immediately came to my mind, right? But this morning, I would like us to push a little further, challenge ourselves a bit more than that, and I actually have a a question for you in this room, and that is, should we ever be willingly entering dark spaces? I don't know what your immediate response to that is. I don't, I don't know where your gut immediately went, but it stands to reason that we might want to avoid dangerous spaces, right? And for the purposes of this discussion, I'm defining dark spaces as those areas in the world that are governed by the desires of the flesh, not by the will of God be that a specific location or social circle, any area that's not currently glorifying God is a dark space. Should we be entering those spaces? I happen to be the mother of four teenagers, and so it has come out of my mouth quite a few times in recent months that they should be careful who they're spending their time with. I caution them. Be careful who you're spending your time with. Choose your friends wisely, right? And I think this is pretty traditional parenting advice. I didn't come up with that. I'm sure those of you who have already parented children through adulthood said that at some point while you were parenting them. Choose your friends wisely. And I actually have some scriptures that I'm going to read to you that back that. Here we go, rapid fire. Proverbs 22, 24, and 25. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Romans 16, 17. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. Psalm 26, 4 and 5. I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. And here's a doozy. James 4, 4. 
You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Whew. No consorting with hypocrites. No friendship with angry people. Keep away from anyone who is lazy. <laughs> I gotta say, that might leave me with very few friends. Because what about me? Yikes. Who are we supposed to hang out with then? Who does that even leave? Those are pretty strong words. And the thing is that sometimes when we approach scripture, we find areas of scripture that leave us scratching our heads. And those of you that know me know I actually love exploring the areas of tension, or at least what we perceive to be tension, in the Bible. I love it. There's so much to unpack, and I will nerd out with you all, and I will dig into it all. And so right now is when I remind us all that each and every one of those passages has a specific context. It was written to a specific audience who was in a specific situation. And yes, there are absolutely times in our life where the Holy Spirit is going to tell us that maybe we need to walk away from a relationship. We need to steer clear of a certain environment. There will be times when the Holy Spirit leads us. But that's the key right there, is that we have to be willing to go where the Spirit leads us. And we'll be careful because as Pastor Dave pointed out to us in one of the previous sermons in this series, I think it might have even just been last week, although it's been a big week, we, we have to be sure not to let our own lamp of our own eye get dirty. Okay? So there will be times when spirit says, steer clear, be careful, not over there. But as a general rule, shouldn't we be willing to follow the example of Jesus? What example did Jesus lead for us? And so that is going to bring us to the scripture that I wanted us to read together. Gentlemen, now if you could pull it up, that would be so wonderful. Please and thank you. This is John 17, 14 through 18. And here at Renew, we welcome you to look this up in your own translation that, that you like to read or whatever your native language is, if you prefer. I'll be reading here from the NASB. And to set this up in context for you all, what we have here is we have Jesus in prayer speaking to God the Father. And this is right before he is about to be arrested. And this particular part of his prayer is speaking about his disciples. And he says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them away from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I also will send them into the world. This is the word of the Lord. 
Here it is. Jesus' own words spoken to the Father. We have been sent in to the world. While we do receive warnings at times that there are settings that we need to be careful of, that doesn't give us carte blanche to hide away and avoid any interaction that we perceive might be challenging for us. Following Jesus' example of entering into relationship with people from every background, we cannot lead an insulated life in some holy huddle. We can't limit our conversations to being only with those who are like-minded. We've been sent. And let's face it, the world is dark. But we have to be willing to venture into uncharted waters, unknown places, unlit rooms. And those are places and spaces where we're not surrounded by people that we already understand necessarily. We're going to face people that have different backgrounds, different politics, different traumas, different life experiences, different cultural contexts from which they come. Different lifestyle choices. And I think sometimes we feel like the unknown is unsafe and we run. We hide. We shelter ourselves. Unfamiliar territory can be scary. Places we're afraid we might get burned can be scary. Places we're afraid we might feel rejection can be scary. Places where we feel we might face temptation. And that's a tough one, I know. And again, this is when I say to you, please do not hear me say that you should always just be walking head on into a place that's going to tempt you, okay? That is not what I'm saying here because as always, the Spirit must be your guide. But if the Spirit is light inside of you, you will bring light into those spaces. And that's what we're supposed to be holding on to. family experienced uh, some, some pain at a previous church we attended. And for any of you who have been through something similar, which seems to be a lot of people these days, it is a real pull to leave that setting and say, you know what? I think it's time to just stay in the safety of my own home for a while. You know what? I can just do this alone with God here in my living room where I'm not worried about anyone who's going to reject me or try to abuse me or gaslight me, where I don't have to be a voice in difficult conversations, where I don't have to try to get to know people that I feel like I have very little in common with. That all sounds hard and scary and risky and challenging and messy. And I think it would be just a lot easier to stay home. Maybe invite a couple friends over that I already see eye to eye with. A couple people I already know think like I do. Much safer. That's much safer. But the spirit is not 
leading us to a life of living inside a holy huddle. Tell the truth. And Paul addresses this in his correspondence with his church in Corinth, with the church in Corinth. And in 2 Corinthians 5, which is actually likely Paul's fourth letter to the church in Corinth, there's been some back and forth, and uh, the church has dealt with some conflict. And so Paul writes and says, you are to be ambassadors with a message of reconciliation. And while... I dug and dug to cross-reference ambassador in scripture. I'll tell you, it's actually only used twice, I think, both by Paul. But at the time, it would have been a, a well-understood word. And what it meant at the time was a representative of the emperor traveling in foreign lands. There was a connotation that this was a trusted elder off on some mission that was allowed to speak on behalf of the emperor. That's what the ambassador was. So Paul is saying that the people of the church in Corinth are called to be ambassadors. That means they're called to travel into foreign lands. And so isn't that similar to what we are experiencing now today? If you consider yourself a follower of Christ, then you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. That's where your citizenship lies. But you're traveling in this world. You have been sent into this world. So we are ambassadors to the world around us. Travelers, ambassadors. And the message that Paul tells the church at Corinth that they are to be delivering is one of reconciliation. And this reconciliation is reconciliation between people and God. People and God. That's the reconciliation he's speaking of. And, and that points us to understanding that we are all, each and every one of us, offered forgiveness and favor in God's eyes. And that's the message we get to deliver to the people around us. Talk about a message of light and love. Every single person on this earth is offered forgiveness and favor. So here we are, citizens of God's kingdom, walking on this earth with a message that we can be delivering the people around us, that they are offered forgiveness and favor. Now, as I said before, sometimes it's scary to go into the unknown. We've been hurt out there before. We've caught ourselves caught up in conversations that we're, we don't know how to get out of. We've been talking to people that we have a really hard time seeing eye to eye with. It can be messy. It can be hard. And sometimes the way we respond is to hide. Other times the way we respond is to think we can stand at a, diff a distance and just kind of shout direction. Sometimes we think the way to respond is just to fight, just to tell people how it is with more of a critical or judgmental message. But none of that is what we're being told to do. Instead, Jesus models for us intimate conversations soft words, gathering together for meals, 
reaching across political lines. Whew, that's a tough one. Right? Not with our criticisms and our judgments and our condemnations, but with a message of forgiveness and favor. His light, his love. So we go. So we have to go. We are called to go where the Spirit leads, where the Spirit leads. We are called to go, not to hide away. We have this bright and shiny message to be reflecting into the world. So my question for you this morning is where is the Spirit leading you? It's going to be different for each of you. But if you take some time to be in conversation with the Lord, and remember, prayer is not one-sided. We are not just talking to God. We have to listen. So if you take some time to be in conversation with God where you are willing to listen, then you will be guided into spaces that you might not have predicted. And maybe that's a specific conversation with a specific individual. Maybe that's a group of people. Whatever the setting may be, the Spirit is calling you to shine that light somewhere. And yeah, you, you might experience rejection. You might experience temptation. So put on the armor of God. It might be hard. It will be hard. It's almost assured to be hard. But this would be where I would tell the Young Life kids that what good is a flashlight in an already lit room? Right? The darkest rooms are the ones that are most in need of the light. And we have not been given a spirit of fear. So, I'll be praying for each and every one of you, just like Jesus did, that you are not given over to the enemy. Because this is hard work. And we can all be praying for one another that we are not given over to the enemy, but that we are sanctified in truth so that we can go and be ambassadors, so that we can go and reflect Jesus' light and deliver a message of forgiveness and favor in a otherwise very dark world. So that's what I'll be praying for you. That's what I hope we can be praying for one another. And I hope that as a community, we can enter into conversations where we hear more about where we're each traveling right now, about where we've each been sent right now. Build each other up and stand with one another in prayer. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we know you are sending us, Lord. We know, Lord, that your light is bright and can drive away darkness. Lord, we pray that you would not let us get into a spirit of fear, God, but that you would help us to be bold and step out of our comfort zones, even when we've already experienced hurt, even if it's messy or challenging, Lord, even if we don't think we know what we're doing, God, that you would help us to go where the Spirit leads. 
We thank you that we're even given the opportunity to do it. We don't want to waste it. We pray that you would keep us safe from the enemy, Lord. We pray that you would help us to build each other up. We thank you that you offer us armor. We thank you that you offer us guidance, Lord. And we pray that you help us to remember it's not our own light that we're shining at all. It's simply reflecting your light. You give wonderful gifts, Lord, and we're so thankful for all that you have given us. And we pray that you will help us to be messengers that offer those gifts to those around us. We love you and we praise you. Amen.